Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Alexa, who is Adam Ferrara? Adam Ferrara is an American actor and comedian known for playing the roles of Chief Needles Nelson on Rescue Me, Sergeant Frank Virelli opposite Edie Falco on Nurse Jackie. He was a co-host on the U.S. version of Top Gear. He has had three Comedy Central specials and his new album is called It's Scary in Here. Adam's new podcast is a big hit and available everywhere. Sounds like it could be funny. Sounds to me like 30 minutes you'll never get back. There you are. Why were you late? I know why you were late. You were watching my special on YouTube because it's funny and it's free. And if you missed it, there's a link to it right here in the show notes. Now let's start the show. And what a show we have for you this week. My guest in the ADD interview is Emmy Award winning writer, comedian, producer. He has worked with David Letterman, Sasha Baron Cohen, Chris Rock, Tracy Morgan, Ozzy Osbourne, and many, many more. His name is Jeff Stilson. And we want to welcome everyone from our Talk To Me Tuesday family. That's our conversation we have every week, 9 o'clock Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific. Go to my website, click the link, and join us. And our super fan shout-out is for Jim Saba. Say hi to Jim, everybody. Hello, Jim. Jimmy, how you doing, man? And Jim, Phil sends his best. Uh, he's not here because uh, he's not well. Yeah, Adam, what does that mean now? <laughs> well, if you were at last week's episode, mm -hmm. I might have mentioned to Phil that he could possibly have a head tumor. Oh, that. Yeah. Because <laughs> Phil got uh, positional vertigo from doing incline sit-ups. With Phil, one thing leads to another. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And with you, it's fodder for joy. Yes, it is. I don't know why. <laughs> Stern, he makes me happy. Yes, his misery makes you happy. Well, it's just <laughs> when he gets upset, I don't know why. Just <laughs> Every but time you do that, the grin on your face is like a kid on Christmas morning. You're yeah. just like, look at that. This is so crazy. I'll be honest with you. Every time I mess with Phil, I'm like, this has got to be the last time. <laughs> he can't fall for it again. And, he, and it never is. And that's what I love about it. <laughs> so true. So, yeah. So, so there is no such thing as a head tumor. Phil is correct. And he calmed down. And, you know, he, he called me. He called me a couple of names and we're all back again. So we, we had a conversation this week. He is feeling better. And he said, you know, there's no such thing as a head tumor. I said, yeah. And then I kind of convinced him that he might have cranial cramps. Cranial <laughs> cramps? Yeah. <laughs> what the cranial hell? Cranial cramps. Cranial, it's, it's a thing in his head. And he, is that what it is? Yes, that's what it is, Phil. It's cranial cramps. Cranial cramps. You yeah. just made that up. Yeah. I kind of think maybe I've ha have had cranial cramps in the past listening to you. It's a, well, there have been cramps in our relationship. They show up every 30 days and I try, I try to avoid seeing you when they, when they appear. Yes. <laughs> okay, Jimmy, Phil says hello. Yes. Can we move on now? Okay. Adam? Yes, we can move on. Okay. Well said. Yeah. Well said. Uh, but but we had to get it done, and that, that's what I wanted to talk to you guys about today. It's finding a way to get it done. Now, Mark, you're a producer. Explain to the audience what a producer's job is. A producer's job is to make sure 
things happen. Things get done. And yes. there's a variety of ways that you can do that. But the, 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 the sole objective is to make sure the job gets done. Right. And basically what I discovered when I was in New York is I'm the producer in my marriage. Yes, honey. I, was... <laughs> I allow you. Yes. You allow me. Yes. No, you command me. <laughs> <laughs> Stein, this is it. I, I'm home now, and I'm getting on a plane in two days. Basically, mm -hmm. I, I was I was in New York. I was working. Then I had to come home. We had we had some stuff to do this weekend. We're recording here, and now I got to go back on a plane. So when I was home at our apartment in New York, uh, my wife is. There are a few things that I would like you to bring back if you could. And a few things, of course, means you're going to check a bag, and it's going to be overweight. <laughs> Okay. All right. I just want you to know, Adam, mm. that I know every piece of my clothing that I've ever purchased or ever worn. And I know, too, because I had to pack them up and put them in a the damn bag. <laughs> we were FaceTiming, and I'm like, no, 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 not, not that one. So, Mark, we're on, we're, I'm on FaceTime. I'm walking around the apartment pointing into closets, into drawers and stuff. I need that. I need that. N not that. Not that. That's yours. I don't even, I don't even want that in our apartment. <laughs> So um, she's, I go, what is this? I go, it's a raincoat. I go, honey, you got a raincoat. I don't have that raincoat. I'm like, oh, Jesus. Exactly. <laughs> well, you know, it's a specific raincoat, Adam. Yeah. So I packed everything up. And, and of course, I pick it up I'm like, this is over 50 pounds. I know it, right? So I, I'm, I'm checking a bag, which I never do when I travel because it slows you down and they always lose it, right? I think I might have mm -hmm. told you I've never checked a bag being on the road. And then when I got married, I never not checked a bag. <laughs> right. So so I get to the airport and you know it's December travel at JFK. There's probably nobody there. <laughs> Breeze right through security. The line is like a bread line in the old Soviet Union. Someone said, "Hey, I think they got bacon." And everyone lined up. <laughs> so I see it's packed and I get my my boarding pass and now I got to wait on the line to check the bag and I'm like, oh, "She needs a raincoat, right? You need a raincoat." Right. I wait on this long line. I finally get up there, and the guy goes, you have to go on the other line. I went, what? He go I said, I just waited on this line. He goes, no, I, I, you have to go on the other line. I said, I'm not going. Just check the bag. You got the thing. Click the thing. Put it on the bag, and we're done. He goes, no, I'm shutting down this line. I go, you never made an announcement. I waited on this line. I got to catch a plane. You got to check it. The guy looks at me. and goes, I have to pee. <laughs> That's what he said. <laughs> That's a valid excuse. I, I said, I said, I don't doubt it. You could be peeing right now when we wouldn't be arguing. Click the damn bag. Make the announcement. You never made an announcement. He goes, I have to go. I, so I turned around and I said, listen, he's got to pee. After me, you guys have to go to the next line. And people started to move. I go, there. Now will you click my bag? And he looked at me. He gave me the dirtiest look and he clicked my bag and then I put I picked it up and put it on it because that's all I needed him to pick it up. This is heavier than fifty pounds. And I said, Good luck. Yeah. Nice. I, I said, Good luck, wash your hands. And I left. <laughs> so now I'm thinking to myself, Oh, my bag's going to Cleveland. This guy's gonna screw me. <laughs> you never mess with the baggage handlers and, and waiters and waitresses. Yeah. You just don't. You just they have your life in their hands. Yeah, okay? well, I'd never send food back. I would never no. do that. Never. Yeah. Oh, Never. look at the mashed potatoes. They're shaped like a heart. Those are ball prints, okay? <laughs> Sad, but those that's true. Yeah. I've worked in restaurants. That's what happens. And now I'm on the line, right? So, And I'm sweating it out because i got to go through security, and, and the clock is ticking. And I'm waiting for the email because when you check a bag on, Ble on JetBlue, they give you the email. You know, the, the they track give you an email? Yeah, they mm -hmm. send you an email to track your bag. Mm -hmm. You know, like your bag has been loaded on its way to LAX. And I was waiting for that one because your bag has been loaded. It's on its way to the Falkland Islands. You know, I was where... <laughs> Which I'd make yeah. you go to get. And some guy peed <laughs> on it. He's <laughs> like, hold that bag. Yeah. I got something I got to add to it. I'll show you. Okay. <laughs> so I'm going through security. I get through security. I'm running to the plane. Uh, and I, it's the last group. <laughs> I'm on the last group. So now I know. Now they're going to run out of overhead. Now I got to check this bag. Oh, yeah. You <laughs> do the gauge check. Yeah. The so I'm running. And nobody, I, and nobody wants to volunteer for that. No. They're mm -hmm. like, does anybody want to give up? The, nobody. Everyone's mm -hmm. like, I'm holding on to my bag. E Screw you. Yeah. I know. Even if this plane goes down, I'm taking my bag with me. Yeah. <laughs> <They're> like, <laughs> we'll check your bag at no charge. So I get, I get on a plane. I, I sneak in with the bag. And... 
I'm walking through first class. First thing I do is see an opening. I put it right up in first class. I don't care. <laughs> yeah, that's the move. Yeah, that's right the, up in first class. That is the move. And uh, okay, so I get the and I got the bulkhead seat, so I got to store I got to store my uh, my computer bag too. Okay. Thank God there was a I could move some stuff around, and I, I finally get it, and I sit down, and I make it. So I finally get settled in. I'm in my bulkhead seat, and I usually have a uh, a fireman fleece. The fire department gave me the, this fleece that I love. It's got a pocket for my stuff, and then I take the fleece off, and I could ball it up, and that's my pillow. And I lean up oh. against the window. <laughs> nice. I'm already. I called my wife. I always call before I take off. I love you. You're a pain in the ass. The bag is checked. According to the email, it's going to LAX. Uh, it might have some disgruntled urine on it. <laughs> <laughs> disgruntled urine. Just yeah, a, a little. little bit. Just a little. Just a little. <laughs> so, okay. Shut the phone off. Get it. Unzip the coat. To take off the fleece to make my pillow to get some sleep. Because I was up all night packing. I forgot the fleece. It was. A, oh. It's in the kitchen table. Oh, it's no. on the kitchen table? Yeah. No pillow for Adam. But I have that raincoat. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. Yeah. Sorry, and Alex Adam. is happy. That's all that matters. Yeah. You made that happen. You got it done. Yeah, I got it done. Yeah. I you got did. It. High five. Yeah, okay. Good, good. Good for you. <laughs> that was the most... Like flippant high five, you just basically slapped at her hand with the back of your hand. Yes, yeah. here you go. Yeah. There you go. Take <laughs> that. Take that. Are you still thinking about your non-pillow journey? Well, now I don't have it. For, I don't have it for my flight back either. So now I don't. It's a two-way thing. I got to go back to New York to get it. Sorry. Yeah. You can wear one of my sweaters. No, I'm taking the friggin' raincoat. That's what I'm taking. <laughs> <laughs> But I got it done. I got it done, and that and that's something that uh, that that Jeff Stilson mentioned in the interview, especially when he was when he was working for Sasha Baron Cohen when they were shooting Borat. He oh. got it done, and the key to that show is getting it done and not getting killed. This <laughs> this story is amazing, and I want you guys to hear. It. You guys listen to this, and we will see you on the other side. Every single day, we have at least one task that we know we need to do. And if we were to do that thing, all other tasks would be made easier or unnecessary. We need to find out what this task is, and we need to focus our entire being on completing this one thing. Listen, he's got to pee. After me, you guys have to go to the next line. There. Now will you click my bag? <laughs> You're listening to the Adam Ferrara Podcast. This is 30 minutes you'll never get back. Y'all know these episodes are longer than 30 minutes, right? Right? Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because you know if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now, all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. I got some stand updates for you. Are you in Ben Salem, Pennsylvania? Well, I am. Yes, right now. Tonight, December 16th, I am at the Parks Casino in Ben Salem, Pennsylvania. Then Friday and Saturday, December 17th and 18th, I am at Levity Live in West Nyack, New York. And January 26th through January 30th, I am at CB Live in Phoenix, Arizona. There's a link to tickets right here in the show notes, or you can go to my website and click the link there. There's also a link in the show notes for my YouTube special called It's Scary in Here. It's funny and it's free. And as always, if you can make any of these dates, please come up to me after the show and let me shake your hand and thank you for all the love and support you've shown me and this podcast. All right, go on. Get out of here. Pay attention when I'm talking to you, boy. ADHD, it's not just for kids. 
posh boy but doesn't listen to a word you say. Welcome to the ADD interview. It's not that you're not interesting, it's just that I can't focus. And my guest this week is... Oh, look, a bird! My guest this week is a comedian, writer, producer who's been nominated for 14 Emmys, and he's won two of them. Uh, he was a writer on The Late Show with David Letterman, The Ali G Show, The Chris Rock Show, The Daily Show, Last Comic Standing. He's written for the Emmys, the Oscars, the Grammys. He directed the documentary Good Hair, which won a special jury prize at the Sundance Film Festival, and that starred Chris Rock, Ice-T, Maya Angelou, and many others. Most recently, he's been a co-executive producer of season four of The Last OG with Tracy Morgan. He's currently touring with Louis Black. He is from Spokane, Washington. He has one of my favorite jokes about Jeffrey Dahmer. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, it's my pal, Jeff Stilson. How are you, my friend? Oh, thanks, Adam. Remember those days when you could do jokes about serial killers? <laughs> yeah, now the serial killers can cancel you. That's what's scary. You know, I know. I like that Dahmer joke, too. I'm trying to remember it now. You don't have oh, to. I pulled it. I'm playing it. It makes me laugh. I found it. Hold on. This was beyond comprehension. It was revealed that Dahmer used condoms when he had sex with corpses. Yeah. Now, 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 isn't it incredible that this message, always wear a condom, got through? I think I did that on Letterman, even. Yeah. I mean, I tried to say... Christ or something on a show, a late, late show. And they wouldn't let me say that. Well, I, I, you know what I couldn't do? They, uh, my first or second Letterman sets, I did a Nazi joke and they said, you can't, you can't use the word Nazi. I'm like the Nazis watch. Right. <laughs> Does the history channel know that? By yeah. The way? yeah. I was going to say, then, then I figured there's a group of people you don't want to piss off, you know? I know. I know. I don't know. It's 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 different. That's for sure. But if you grow up with the rules, I'm sure it's uh, it's it's all right. Yeah. Um, it, for for us, it's it's just a little different. That's all. Yeah, it's just an adjustment to it's a you know, you know what kind of helped me with everything, Jeff, is I changed the word change to evolve because the word is things change. I have to change. There's a there's a blame attached to it and an urgency like hurry up. This is my fault. So I changed it to evolve like, all right, wait a minute. This is just something that happens naturally. I can hook into it. Yeah. Yeah, it just is what it is. Yeah. But you had so you you've worked with uh, with with so many people and so many different personalities. I mean, first of all, tell me how you got the gig writing for Letterman. Well, uh, I did um, I did spots on the show. Mm -hmm. So uh, that led to um, an inquiry about me writing monologue and writing on the show. And so I submitted and got the gig. So now, and wait a minute. You, so you do your first spot. Does, does Dave go like uh, bring the kid backstage? I want to talk to him. Well, it's, uh, you know, back then you did on uh, late night, mm -hmm. you automatically did panel. Right. After your set. And um, God, it was like, I mean, Letterman was my idol. He was mm -hmm. my idol. So all of a sudden you're, you're sitting next to your idol and he's actually talking to you. And I just remember giggling like a moron. <laughs> it's like, well, like, it's like, imagine if you're watching Batman and then all uh, of a sudden Batman says, Hey, come, come into the movie with me. Right. That, yeah. That's what it was like for me. And I, and I just remember, and whatever you said, he said something that was funny. Pleased <laughs> me beyond, you know, that the guy's being funny and I'm two feet away from it. Yeah. It was, it was, it was heaven. I still, I still, I, no one can comprehend now what it was like to get one of those late night shows. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, so I just remember being so happy that it was happening. I didn't, I didn't worry about bombing or anything just because mm -hmm. it was my dream come true. All um, right. So, so you do the show. You're sitting there, you're talking to Letterman. When does, when does he say, do you want to write for me? Or how, did, how does the offer come to you? Well, that's years later. Um, I only found out later that Letterman and Paul and the whole gang would bet on which comics were going were gonna to tank it and which ones weren't. Really? <laughs> yeah. I'm calling Paul Schaefer to find out how I made out. Yeah, well, I think they bet against me. And uh, 
Uh, I would have too. And uh, anyway, it was um, it was a weird room. Uh, did you do Conan? It, no, when, I never did Conan. So it was in the same studio, right? So it was only two hundred people. The audience it wasn't, you know. Well, I think Ed Sullivan no, Theater was I, five. Yeah, I I did it at the Ed Sullivan Theater, and I did. Um, and the Tonight Show was smaller when it was in L.A. I did it. I did the Tonight Show in L.A. with Jay, and I did it here in uh, in New York with Fallon. Oh no, I'm saying I I, I I've never done it with Fallon. I, I don't even know what what's the room like. It's not that big. It's not as big as the Ed Sullivan Theater, so it's a different vibe. And Jimmy's Jimmy. I know Jimmy for years. So it, I mean, one of my appearances, I didn't do stand up at all. I raced him on a green machine through the studio uh, when Top Gear premiered. So uh, it's it's a it's it's a loose set for me, if that makes any sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, what was it like working for Dave? What kind of boss was he? I mean, just I know I know guys that wrote on the show, and you just wrote all day. I mean, like 10, 12 hours well, a day, from what I heard. We wrote. Because we had no material, you know, we didn't have any reruns at Letterman, right? Mm -hmm. We had to create um, shows so that we could take some time off. Mm -hmm. So we were we were writing twelve hours a day, all three meals. You'd get breakfast, lunch, and dinner at the show, and you'd eat while you were writing. You'd go right, you'd roll right in from writing monologue from nine till two, then go right from the monologue into the top 10 list. And mm-hmm. that would, that would be 15 jokes. You'd write 15 punchlines for the top 10 list. After you wrote, I'd only write 20 jokes for monologue. Mm-hmm. There were guys who could write 40 jokes. Yeah. Um, and then there were guys, you know, it was, it was insane. And then you'd have to do desk bits, uh, pitch ideas for, we call them act ones and act fours. So you're just writing all day. And then, you know, at the end of the day, Dave might decide, well, we were going to do this tomorrow, but I don't want to now. Mm-hmm. So something better. And I mean, look at the guy was, I don't know. I mean, he was hard to work for because he was so good. Mm-hmm. That, you know, it was a high standard. And the, the thing about Letterman is he could be a giant asshole, <laughs> but he was hard on himself too. So you forgave him. It's not as if he got a free pass. He was, he beat up on himself as well. Okay. Jeff, I gotta be honest with you. That doesn't make it any better. Um, no, it's, there is, there is something in uh, misery loves company, right? I mean, everybody was miserable. Everybody was, mis- it would look at you, but you took pride in the fact that it was the number one show and it was the greatest boot camp and training camp I've ever had in my life. Mm-hmm. It, it, working on that show taught me everything I'd ever need to know in comedy. Right. Okay. He, he, here's where I'm at. One, I don't doubt it because pressure yields diamonds, but two, I'm going back to, he beat up himself. So you forgave him after I'm done kicking my ass. I'm coming after you. That doesn't make it any better for me. Stilson. You got the order wrong, by the way. What? <laughs> after I beat up my ass, I'm coming after you. He, I think he came after us first, then he beat up himself. Oh, so it wasn't it wasn't self-loathing. He just ran out of people. Oh, so much self-loathing. So much self-loathing. Uh-huh. Which, I mean, do you know many comedians who 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 don't loathe themselves? I don't. So no, uh, no. Was, I, I find them the, the all well-adjusted artists that just want to give back to society. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There are a lot of those. Uh, <laughs> he was, I mean... The thing about Letterman, and I don't mean, look, the guy's certainly not perfect, but the Mm. thing about Letterman, whatever you wrote for him, even if you thought it was the most brilliant thing ever, he still made it funnier. Right. And that's the thing about writing is if you're a comedian and Mm -hmm. you've been on stage yourself getting laughs and then you write for somebody and they don't make it funnier, and you think you're funnier than they are, that's horrible. When oh. you're working with somebody and you think you're funnier than they are, it's so disappointing. I wrote, this is when I realized it's, it's going to be difficult for me. I was a, I was a joke pony for uh, uh, the show they had on ABC. So I went in for six weeks just to do punch up. Right. Right? So I do stuff to get great laughs in the room. And I'm not going to say uh, who, who the actress was, but couldn't hit a punchline with a friggin' hammer. I was like, I, I can't, I can't do this. I'll put on a dress and deliver it myself. Yeah, no, it's, 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 hor- that's, that's, but I, I've been fortunate that I've worked for people who are a lot funnier than I am. Mm. So uh, 
that makes it all worth it, you know, to see something that you wrote and then brought up another level. Yeah. Um, that's really satisfying. If, if that's not the case, it's just misery. And I've, I've left a lot of shows because it's just like, no, you're, you're just not funny enough. Sorry. Right. Well, that's what I wanted to ask you because you've written for so many people. Uh, and you know, Letterman was your first one. So that was trial by fire. It's, it's like acting. I mean, my first real acting gig, uh, I worked with Dennis Leary. So that was machine gun fire over your head. Uh, Dennis is great. Yeah. Isn't he? Yeah. But he's like, I mean, we worked hard and we played hard and you got, you got two takes and the second one better be funny than the first, you know, you kind of knew what you were into. So there was no, there was like, well, like when I went up to other sets and other, even auditioning Jeff after, after having that experience, I remember I walked in the room once and the director was, he was treating me like I was very fragile uh, and I was playing a gangster. And he was like, I'm going to turn off the air conditioner. Is that going to bother you? I'm like, listen, if I don't get this part because of the hum in the room, <laughs> there's a lot more wrong than your frigging air conditioner. Right. Right. No, I mean, it's so silly when you're, when you're a standup and you've worked on the road and you've been through hell uh, and kind of learned to appreciate that process. Mm. It's, Funny to watch how uh, how actors and actresses can be, or sorry, you don't have to say actress anymore. Uh, actors can be treated mm. uh, as if they're delicate little flowers, and uh, it's like, come on, please. No, I, yeah. I, I what you mean. I mean that's that's uh, trial by fire when you're uh, on the set of something with Dennis Leary. Well, who was I, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna put you on the spot. Who was the most? I'm gonna use the word challenging to work for. Okay. Well, uh, let's see. I'll eliminate the easiest person to work for first, which was Chris Rock. Mm -hmm. Because uh, Rock was your, your dream gig. And like all dream gigs, it had to end for no reason at all. Uh, he was hilarious for one thing. And then secondly, treated you like a human being. I mean, yeah. but he had respect for standups because he's a standup. Yeah. So Kevin, that was, uh, that was, a, uh, we had that show at HBO for five years. And, um, after that, it was really just all downhill. Magically. <laughs> uh, um, I worked for, well, the two would, that would be most difficult would be, I don't want to say Ellen. Ellen was hard because you could say the wrong thing and it would, wigger out mm -hmm. for no reason. Mm -hmm. uh, I think Ellen was just so damaged from the process of becoming famous that uh, she, she, she couldn't behave the way she used to. I worked with her when she was a standup. Yeah. Uh, and she was one of the sweetest people I ever met. And one of the funniest, and she she remained funny. I worked with her on the Academy Awards, the Emmys, and on her second sitcom, the one that didn't do very well. Mm -hmm. Mitch Hurwitz was the showrunner, by the way, and it just was it just didn't work. And um, you know, she can you just you just learned you don't get anything out of trying to be funny in the room because if you say something, if you make an Oprah joke or something, she'll say Oprah's a friend of mine. Yeah. Well. Well, she's not a friend of mine and um, she's not here. So, she's not here. Exactly. And she is really funny. She's mm -hmm. married to Stedman. Um, so <laughs> what I figured out with Ellen was that I, I and I've told you the story before. I just wait until nine o'clock, uh, you know, when she was on her second Chardonnay before I submit material. Yeah. The key was to get it to her between her second and her fourth Chardonnay before she got mean. Yeah. So, if you got it, if you got it in her about nine, she'd send back these just wonderful notes and tell you what she liked. And so I had no problem ever working for Ellen. Um, and she was really funny, but I, I I've seen her be difficult. Yeah. Uh, the other person that was really hard was Sasha Baron Cohen, just by nature of the work, mm -hmm. you know, um, you know, you're out in the field. I was a writer and producer on that show, and you'd have to go out in the field and shoot the pieces, mm -hmm. right? And everybody thought Borat was real. And and there would be times when people would panic and worry about what they just said and, mm -hmm. and uh, have to stand there and take it. And there were a couple of times when we got, they called it getting rumbled. When, rumbled? 
yeah, rumbled, meaning someone figured out that it was Sasha Baron Cohen and not Borat or Ali G. Mm-hmm. And, and it would be like a wave hitting you. You'd see the guy who recognized him. Then he'd whisper in someone's ear. That guy would whisper in someone's ear. And, the, and it would just spread through the room. And then they'd come after me because I was the so-called American producer right. who was uh, helping uh, Borat, who's from Kazakhstan, make this show. And I'd have to explain to them, no, this is Mr. And I had to call him Mr. Dubayev in the field. I couldn't call him. And then I'd have to stay. I'd have to be in character. (laughs) And he'd start yelling at me and, and I'd have to try to talk reasonably to a fictional character. It's like, and then it's, it's just like, I I don't want to, I, I'm not getting paid to pretend you are. (laughs) <laughs> right and, and he starts screaming at you we must do it we must do it. it's like no, pretends over now i'm about to get beaten up and then he had security and we didn't so he up with security and then we'd be left there. i'd be left there with a clipboard <laughs> these masses of people who want to kick my ass we were in a bar these people in this bar hated him right and they're ready to kill and he's gone right he's gone with security and i'm there with the headset and the clipboard and i thought this is where i die this is it oh god yes horrible it was horrible and then the guys that worked on the show in the past they were fine with it god this happens all the time what you almost die all the time yeah for a comedy show on hbo the very few people nobody watched that show on hbo (laughs) It's like, this is, this is how I die for this. I mean, it was very funny. I mean, it was very funny, but it's still not the show I want to die for. I mean, I, I would die for The Sopranos, I think. Uh, right? Yeah, I, I'm, I mean, not, I'm not going down for Arliss. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm not doing that. So, uh, and, and, oh, God. And, uh, you know, he just... He was fearless. The guy couldn't check himself into a hotel. That was mm-hmm. too that, that caused too much stress for him. But he could stand there in in the line of fire when when and he's pretending to be this person mm-hmm. and never never got rattled. He, he, I mean, he's 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 brilliantly funny. He's uh, doing that thing. That's, right. that's not a great actor. He's not. A, he's He's brilliant at that thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's uh, it, it, it's amazing how he won't be shaken with that. But real life kind of is gets him twitchy. Oh, he's he's looking. He's neurotic, but he's funny as hell. And mm-hmm. um, I mean, looking back, I mean, as you know, the best stories are the most painful episodes in your life. And I've got, you know, I have fond memories of that show just because it was so brutal. Yeah. <laughs> So those would be the most uh, the most difficult, I guess. I, um, yeah. Well, Michael Moore was hard. I worked for Michael Moore. Now, what made him more difficult? To, uh, put put him in the difficult categories. I'm guessing it's a different kind of difficult. It's a different kind of. It's difficult. He's just crazy. I mean, he's just. Uh, <laughs> that's, I mean, that's just you kind of forget it because he's just nuts. He's <laughs> just crazy. Uh, that's the, yeah. um, odd things where he. Do, <laughs> <laughs> I saw him order lunch twice in a row and then deny he did. It's like, no, we, we were, we're here. There's the, there's the bag from the first and there's the bag from the second lunch. You did. And it's like, all right. Oh, that's funny. See, I was going to say the most difficult, just, just from looking at the list had to be Ozzy. Cause you don't know if he's coherent. Oh, he's one of the funniest, smartest guys I've ever been around. And by the way, that show, it's considered a reality show. It was mm-hmm. a documentary that we made. Nothing was set up on that show. Nothing mm-hmm. at all. The family wouldn't allow it and we didn't need it. When Ozzy tries to be, when he tells jokes, he's not funny. I mean, they're just dumb old jokes. But when he's just talking to you, he's one of the funniest people I've ever met because he just comes from a different place. That was heaven working on that show. Sharon, Amy, Jack, 
Ozzy, they are great people. They're yeah. great people. They really are. They're just salt of the earth. They let us, we would film them from the time they woke up to the time they went to bed. Six days a week, they got one day off. And then we'd cut that into half hour episodes and we cut it like a sitcom. Mm -hmm. It had sitcom graphics, sitcom music, and it had, and you know, it was, we tried to cut it so that it had a sitcom structure. And I love those people. I, I absolutely adore all of them. Well, I'm, I'm glad I'm glad to hear that, that, that they're nice people. Uh, oh, I want whatever happened to Sharon was wrong. She's salt of the earth. She's yeah. just a she's a straight shooter. You might not agree with everything she says, but she never lies to you. She's completely honest and um, funny as hell. They're so funny. They love a laugh. Ozzy loves a laugh. God damn, he's funny. Yeah, no, I love that. Um, no, that was a good one. I want to ask you about like that again, because. I didn't realize that we thought we were making a comedy documentary, which, and I used to do the, you know, I used to do remote pieces on the Chris Rock show. Mm -hmm. This is just a longer version of that. But then out of that came all these weird shows like uh, uh, Keeping Up with the Kardashians and the one with uh, Anna Nicole Smith. And yeah. it's like, oh God, I can't get trapped in that world. So I never did anything like that again because that's the last thing I want to do with my career is end up in fake reality shows yeah well, where'd, where'd you go after uh after the osborne's then i went to uh, i went to ali g that's Allie you went to ali g after that okay i wanted to ask you about uh i know him a little bit uh i know a little bit of the crazy andy dick oh god andy dick is sasha baron cohen but insane and <laughs> is one of the i mean i i don't i have to be careful what i say about andy dick because mm -hmm. He, uh, he's, he's a criminal, but, uh, and on many levels and there are levels of his criminality that I can't speak to, but okay. the rest of them you can read in the paper. Right. Okay. He's, he, he was, <laughs> he was hilarious. Yeah. Andy did one of the funniest people I've ever been around. But the problem was, you know, the, the really, there are so many funny people out there, but there's a side of them that they can't control right on right. camera. And, mm -hmm. off. and so the show ends up being diluted because you can't convince them not to do the, the really bad stuff. Right. So he would do brilliant stuff, but then there would also be a lame sketch mm -hmm. thrown with the good one. Right. Um, my God, I, that guy, he did stuff on camera uh, that I haven't seen many people do. He was just physically funny and he had a, he had that Andy Dick character. Uh, yeah. He once told me, <laughs> he told me, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of the poor man's Brad Pitt. <laughs> Andy Dick comparing himself to Brad, even a poor man's Brad Pitt. Yeah, I don't think there's any income yeah. level that 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 makes that equivalent. I know. Uh, but God, he—I I thought we did some really fun. It was the Andy Dick show on MTV. Um, it had like three seasons with three different showrunners. Mm -hmm. That's what happens when you, when someone threatens your life. You tend not to go back as a showrunner, right? <laughs> <laughs> Again, you have to be willing to die for a show, and that's yeah. another one I wasn't. Going to die I'm not for. going. I'm not going out for anything on basic cable. Exactly. Have Have you gotten yourself a sense of radar when you walk into a room? Like, uh, oh, this guy's funny, but uh, this is going to be this is going to be rough, right? This guy's funny, but this is going to be going to be uh, easy. Um, it's interesting. I did I did this thing, and, and I think you'd appreciate it. Um, between hosts on the late, late show, between Ferguson and Corden, mm -hmm. did these, they did guest hosts for yeah. a couple of months. Right. And you basically have to run through how to host a late night talk show with these people. Mm. And it was so much fun. I mean, we had people from across the spectrum hosting the show, like John Mayer mm -hmm. was yeah. one. Um, uh, Judd Apatow was another Judd, of course, has a background in TV. So he kind of, he, he kind of, he had some knowledge going in, mm -hmm. uh, God, it was 
it was fascinating because you'd sit them down on Monday and they'd come in with all these ideas and you'd say, okay, well, some of those are good. And I would recommend not doing that. But my favorite was John Mayer because he's a huge fan of late night comedy, love Letterman. Mm -hmm. And he wanted to do everything like Letterman or Carson. And he didn't want to use his guitar. And so he comes out the very first night, you know, we wanted him to use his guitar because that's what he's comfortable with. And he felt really uncomfortable just standing on the mark. That was the, that's, that, that makes you or breaks you right there. Mm-hmm. If you can stand on the mark and tell monologue jokes, you can do it or you can't do it. Right. You just saw people shrink or grow on that mark and you couldn't necessarily predict. Uh, and John went out there the night, first night stood on the mark and all of a sudden you could just see him deflate. Right. Yeah. But then he came back. He hosted three nights, I think. And then he came back and said, I need the guitar. I need the guitar. That's that's what made. And the guy made an adjustment midstream. And I think his third show was one of the best shows we had during that run. And he was so comfortable and so funny and a good interviewer. And he had the ability to adapt. It was yeah. it was that was just a that was one of my favorite experiences in show business, just because I love late night television so much. And to be able to take uh, people, Drew Carey hosted. He was really good because mm-hmm. he's all jokes, right? Yeah. Comes out, give me monologue jokes, I'll go. And and he did. And uh, um, you just got to see people kind of either develop or not in right. that in time as a guest host. And then you know they hired Corden after that. Which, by the way, that's a fun show to do. I did stand up on that show. It's really close. Reggie's right here with the band and, and, and it's the seats are pretty close. It's 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 a really fun show to do stand up on at CBS uh, on Beverly. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. I worked as the head writer on that show for 13 weeks, filling in for the normal head writer who was uh, uh, had sold a sitcom at CBS. So mm-hmm. took some time. But yeah, that's that's a fun show. Well, there's so now you, you do the writing for the uh, for the uh, talk shows. You do the writing for the Emmys, the Grammys and everything. And then you do the scripted stuff like the last OG you're doing with uh, Tracy Morgan. How's that? Because I know Tracy and that's that's hit and miss. Tracy is one of my favorite people in the world. I've worked with him now for the last eight years. I work with him on a stand up. Everything he does, I work on. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I originally worked with him <laughs> on the uh was it the block? No, not blockbusters. What's the, uh, Oh God, the music, uh, billboards, billboard. Thank you. God. That was a sad moment. <laughs> Blockbuster billboard shit. That's <laughs> old man. Jeopardy material right there. So, uh, billboard awards. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I just loved him immediately because yeah. he just, Tracy's agenda is to be funny. That's yeah. it. Nothing else. Easiest guy to work with in the world. Um, and uh, so I worked with him on that. And then uh, he needed someone to help him with the stand-up. Mm-hmm. So he, uh, you know, I, we have the same agent. So I told my agent, I'd love to do that with Tracy. And uh, so I, I went out and met him on the road. And uh, I just read some sports book. I don't know. what I like to read sports biographies. I think it might have been about Ted Williams or something. I'm ranting about how great a book it is. And da, da, da. then I look at him and I said, uh, and asked, have you read this book, Tracy? Mm-hmm. Just looks up at me and he says, do I look like I read? <laughs> <laughs> it was the greatest book. Anyway. So, uh, I've been working with him for eight years and, yeah. uh, I just love it. I'm about to, when he goes back out on the road in January, I'll go out with him. Mm-hmm worked on his last three specials uh i've worked on the last og um i just love the guys he's really smart mm-hmm. yeah, and uh you know he's he's so talented on top of that and plus he, he thinks in punchlines, which is interesting right uh, not everyone does right i mean there's when he tells a story there's set up somewhere in a punchline somewhere which makes writing stand up so much fun mm-hmm. because uh, he's got stories from his, his life. I mean, funny shit just happens to funny people. And he's a funny guy. Even the Walmart thing, getting hit by a truck turned into an entire special. Right. So, 
Yeah, no, he's, you know, there's a lot people haven't seen him do that he can do. You know, he can sing, he can do impressions. He's, when he was a kid, they called him Fat Murphy. Because, <laughs> yeah, he's, he's that talented. Great guy, too. Really yeah. great guy. Yeah. And now you're on a road with Lewis Black. Yeah, I, I, I opened for Lewis on the road, and then we work on other stuff together, too, and that's heaven. That's great. If people want to go, if people want to check it out, where are the tour dates posted, my friend? Uh, LewisBlack.com. I cannot thank you enough. I'm so glad we got a chance to reconnect on that thing we did, and I'm glad you took the time to uh, to be on my little my little program here, pal. Oh, my God. I appreciate it, Adam. It was a lot of fun. I hope I wasn't boring. Nah, I enjoyed <laughs> every minute of it. Uh, best to you and the family, my friend. All right. Thank you. The ADD interview is brought to you by CruiseIntoWellness.com. CruiseIntoWellness.com for all your CBD needs. Now, let's say you were working for Michael Moore, and you quickly found out that He's crazy. He ordered two lunches and denied he did it. There's the bag from the first, and there's the bag from the second lunch. This could cause you a little anxiety. So why don't you do what I do? Take one of the gummies they have at cruiseintowellness.com. They also have edibles, tinctures, pain creams, bath products, and pet products. And you get 20% off with the coupon code ADAM. That's right. You're with me. 20% off anything they have at cruiseintowellness.com. Go. Feel better. Hi, I'm Jeff Stilson, and that was 30 Minutes I'll Never Get Back. See what I mean? Getting things done on the set of Borat without getting killed. <laughs> yeah. How wild was that story? He's got security. I'm standing there with a clipboard. <laughs> I know. I know. I can only imagine how chaotic any project involving Sasha Baron Cohen must be. Mm. But... People getting angry at you and wanting to like physically assault you. Yeah, that's that's probably when I draw the line of, of a show I want to be working on. Well, I, I think, you know, when you're around talented people, you cut them a little slack. Yes, you do. And and you make them carry raincoats across the country. Yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> yes. Well, I think that's kind of where his head mm. was at. Like, OK, he's funny. He might be obnoxious and loud, which I hate when someone is in your party and they're loud and obnoxious mm -hmm. and you're constantly saying to the waiter or whoever, oh, I'm sorry, I'm yeah, sorry. I'm so sorry. He's drunk. <laughs> it's it's right. horrible. I don't think he was thinking, well, he's talented. I'll, I'll call it. He's thinking, I get a check. That's yeah, what he's thinking. That could be it's, it. It's a gig. Yeah. And that's one of those. Now, I've never produced a TV show, mm -hmm. but in my experience as a producer, a lot of times when something bad happens or something needs to happen, like something needs to get done. Everybody else just turns and walks away and they're like, well, you're the producer. Produce. Go. And you're like, yeah, but that guy has a baseball bat. I don't think <laughs> I want to produce my way out of this one. Well, everyone does it except on this friggin show, because I'm the one. What do you mean? You mean the show that says a the Adam Ferrara show? Yeah, yeah. That one? <laughs> I can't walk away from this show. <laughs> Phil did. You, Phil got on a ship. The hell with you. <laughs> yeah, but and, and I, I was really laughing when he said, I, I'm not dying for this show. Maybe the Sopranos. <laughs> I and know. Then, that was hilarious. And then you had the line of 2021 as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. I'm not dying for Arliss. <laughs> I mean, all due respect to Robert Wool, it's not a show you're going to die for. Yeah. I just love that. Brilliant. Not going down for Arliss. I did like what you said, pressure yields diamonds. That wasn't me. That was Patton. Oh, it, really? That's a good little quote. Yeah. You magnificent bastard, I read your book! <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Alex. Adam and I have seen that movie a million times. Yeah, I, yeah I'm guessing. <laughs> <clears throat> you know what I also loved about his attitude was he was so appreciative of all the great gigs he had. Every, he goes, it was like heaven. You know, he's like, I loved Ozzy. I loved the whole family. We put the whole thing yeah. together. That seemed like uh, fun. Yeah. I watched a few episodes. Yeah, it was fun. Ozzy and the family are people you can't stop watching. Mm -hmm. At least I couldn't. Mm -hmm. Especially Ozzy. Yeah. You're like, what is he doing? Yeah, he's going to die any minute, this guy. <laughs> what is he doing? <laughs> right. But you're fascinated and you can't look away. Yeah. So yes. that was nice to find out that they were cool. Yeah. And they didn't seem to mind to be filmed. He said they turned the cameras on 24-7 and they just caught them as they were because if they set up something, then it wasn't as good. Right. Yeah. Interesting. 
And he knew enough to get out of it. He's like, oh, I'm not good. This, 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 like the Kardashians and everything else yeah, came out yeah. of this. He's like, I'm getting the hell out of here. Yeah, no, that, that, that was the right move. And I didn't really even think about it. But yeah, Ozzy, <clears throat> excuse me, the Osbournes spawned all of those shows. Mm-hmm. So I don't know whether we should thank Jeff for the great work he did on that show or curse him for unleashing the Kardashians upon humanity. You know? <laughs> okay, Mark, there's a time when... I welcomed a few episodes of Kardashians mm, okay. and still do. And the Real okay. Housewives franchise, which I got my husband into. No, you didn't. As soon as that lady flipped the table over, I went, this is my house. I don't need to see this. <laughs> this ain't TV. It's Thanksgiving. That was so many seasons ago, Adam. That's when I stopped. <laughs> I, I'm fascinated by when they have the cameras on 24 seven, because you can tell when they know the cameras on Mm -hmm. and then there's a point where they don't care or they forget. Yeah. That's the moment (laughs) that you watch for. At least I did. Right. Yeah. Pretty. Yeah. Pretty funny. Who who was the, who was the producer that we worked with? He did. Oh, it was with the, was with pink and her husband. Remember that? And they were like, they were like Michael Gracie. Michael Gracie was the director. Yeah. They were filming him waking up like, like falling asleep. I would have a very narrow window of when you'd be allowed to film. It'd be like from 1030 a.m. to like 1045. We're going to fit it all in then because I don't want you following me around all day. Yeah, I I don't trust you guys. Okay, so our first our first season of Top Gear, where I think Mm -hmm. we're in Texas. Right. And uh, they they used to not tell us, you know, where the hotel was just just to keep us on edge to get that feeling. So I went over. I said, listen, sun's going down with daylight dependent. Where's the truck to take us back to the hotel? He's like. I don't know that there is a hotel. That's what he said. I go, so what? So where, where are we spending the night? He goes, well, you could be spending it here. You could be spending it in the cars. We don't know. I said, okay, well, me and the little fella over there are bringing the guy with the beard, and we're going to stay at your house. And you know what he said? It's the Holiday Inn on 3rd Street. And we'll be there in a half hour. They serve breakfast. It's a continental. You yeah. love it. Or they listened to or saw the notes that I left them when you first joined Top Gear. Mm-hmm. If Adam gets angry, just feed him. Just Don't forget to feed him. him. Is that There's some cheese? I didn't know that. And and Roche, Roche did the in car cameras. She was great. She would always like. I, she was always. I was like, she makes tea. She she has always has snacks for me. I'm like, this is. She's just a nice lady. <laughs> nope, you spoke to her, didn't you? Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. I wanted harmony. That's, okay. Well, you did. I do. I get. I, I get hangry. <laughs> I think we all do. <laughs> we go, Yeah, but I I don't keep it in. <laughs> I get, I get angry. I ask the guy at JFK. I have to pee. You could be peeing right now. <laughs> yeah, but in your defense in that situation, Adam, when you've been going through lines and you're at the front of the line, yeah. and then somebody says, sorry, folks, park's closed. You got to go to the next line. You're like, no, 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 no. I put in my time on this line. Yeah. You're going to deal with me right now. I don't care about anybody behind me. I'm getting on the lifeboat and I'm getting off the Titanic. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. He, was, he was like, I, I, you have to go to the other line. I went wrong. Wrong guy. <laughs> <laughs> Missed it by one. Well, Adam, at least you know how to do anger with some humor mm. that that kind of supersedes just getting angry. Yeah. You know what I've noticed, Mark? What's that? Adam gets away with a lot because he's funny. I didn't get away with a damn thing packing a suitcase in the apartment. No, because I know you're crap. Yeah. It's, oh, look at this. <laughs> Boom. Yeah. Adam, that's very funny. Put the raincoat in. You're not getting out of it. <laughs> ha, ha, ha. Pack it. Yeah. yeah, you do get away with a lot of stuff because you're funny, Adam. And it's, mm. and it's great working with funny people. And like Jeff said, you know, it's, it's great working with people who make what you present to them better. Mm-hmm. Like, like Letterman would do for him. I work with Tony Kornheiser. That's exactly what he does. Like you give him an idea and he runs with it. And he makes it better. And you're like, Oh, that he just made me sound great with my little idea. And I love it. You do that too. I mean, that's what makes working on a show. A lot of fun. Yeah. I've worked on a lot of shows where the people, the person behind the microphone, you're like, Oh my God, this is terrible. <laughs> what are we doing here? And and you're sort of as the producer, you're trying to pump people up and make it all work. And I would go back to my my boss and say, this show's terrible. And specifically, the host is terrible. Mm-hmm. Like, what do you want me to do? Well, you're a producer. Make it better. Cancel the show. That'll make it better. That's the <laughs> only solution we have here. It's awful. So I totally get when, when Jeff was talking about that, mm-hmm. like work with somebody that, that they can't lift you up. 
Eh, no, there's no desire to do that. I've done it and it's just miserable. Yeah. yeah. But when someone can take something and make it bigger than it was like, like my wife, the producer, I had a bit that we put up on Instagram, depression, and anxiety bit. My wife took it, put it on TikTok. We had a million views. A million views. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Over a million. Over a million. Look at the producer. Over a million. <laughs> it's over a million. Over thank a million. you very so much. I want to thank every. I want to thank everyone for for uh, for giving us that number. That, that yeah. Was go to TikTok. Good. Yeah, and that, that's how she opened up the conversation. We got over a million views on TikTok. That's great, honey. Yes, I need you to bring things back for me. <laughs> <laughs> right. That was quid. Now here's pro quo. Yeah, here's pro quo. <laughs> <laughs> well played, Alex. Yeah. Well done. Yeah. Well done. But yeah, Jeff is a very, a very funny guy. And I was so glad I could find that Dahmer bit because that was the thing. Oh my that- God. That that made me, that's such a great joke. Isn't that funny? I'm pissed, I'm pissed I didn't come up with that. That's uh, hysterical. I just have questions. Yeah. Um, how did he find out that information? And who thinks necrophilia and mass murderers are funny? I guess I'm raising my hand. I'm in. I, mean, yeah. I got <laughs> made me laugh. I don't know if there's a lot of jokes to mine in that particular territory, yeah. but he found the diamond in that. And I and you know what, Alex? <laughs> I don't know how we found that out, but in the in the postmortem of like serial killers, mm-hmm. you and Adam, Adam, you can speak to this because mm-hmm. I know you go down this rabbit hole a lot. You find out really random weird stuff about those guys, mm-hmm. you know, or you know, and it's just and there's certain facts you just look at them and you're like. What <laughs> that fact that Jeff brought up because it raises a lot of questions. Like that's the message I got through. Yeah, honey, do you really think serial killer humor is easy? <laughs> no, <laughs> it's not. And Jeff not only did it once, he did it twice. I wanted to play this for him. I, I wouldn't even know what to name my child. You know, I, I panic when I have to name a new document on my computer. <laughs> Damn, everybody uses miscellaneous. <laughs> Tell you what I wouldn't do is name my child after me. That's that's just too risky, you know? There's no guarantee the kid wouldn't grow up to be a psychopath. How would you like to be Ted Bundy Sr.? <laughs> you could end up in hell because of a clerical error. <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, that's funny. <laughs> so he's cornered the market for serial killer humor. I love that. I, I don't know if he's cornered the market, but those are the only two jokes I remember about serial killers, and they're both his. <laughs> they're both great. Yeah. They're both great. No, he's a really funny guy. Really funny. Yeah, and I, I really got, I, I, and I was really glad that uh, that we could make this happen because I really like talking to him. He's got another joke, Mark, that I thought about you because of the cats. Oh God, I'm always amused by the cutesy stories that appear in the newspaper. Uh, like the other day, I read about this uh, this cat who started meowing and woke up his owner when a fire broke out in their apartment. Afterward, the guy said that the cat saved his life. Maybe so, but if that cat could have opened the door by himself, (laughs) there would have been no meowing. Very funny, but as a cat owner, yes, I'm a little offended by that. Yeah. (laughs) A little offended. Yeah. I cancel Jeff for that. Yeah. The cats will go down with Mark's ship. Yeah. (laughs) I'm, I'm pretty sure Butch wouldn't know how to operate a door even if he had hands mm-hmm. and he would wait for me he would wait for me. sundance would flee yes mm-hmm. which would stick around <laughs> well i, st- I uh, honey i stayed at mark's apartment they'd be the first one out the door they're not hanging around <laughs> <laughs> adam don't wake him up come with us come yeah. on he's gonna die anyway let's he's go right. Put him out. <laughs> i know um Kona dog w- mm-hmm. would wait for me yeah she waits for me i'm in the bathroom and she's in the same spot just staring staring at the door when i come out yeah i'm like you waited that whole time yeah she waits outside by the door and then and the oh. other dog just shits on the floor so <laughs> runs away and goes ha, 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 ha. yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's love that's a sign of love and affection adam you just got to get used to it yeah hey, hey, hey that's love and affection okay wait till i come to your house again <laughs> he'll show you yeah. some love and affection i'm gonna show you how much i love him with shit right on your floor and I'm going to show my wife how much I love it because I'm going to clean it up with that friggin' raincoat. Oh, leave my raincoat alone. I want to thank my friend Jeff Stilson for being on the show. Uh, and if they want to get a hold of us, where do they go? The Adam Ferrara at Gmail. Show's growing. Thank you guys for spreading the word about the show. Hit me up on socials at Adam Ferrara on all socials. You can watch my special on YouTube. Uh, for free. For free. Thank That's you, Adam. Right. A bargain. <laughs> 
Uh, and if you get a chance to leave us a review, that helps us with our friends. <laughs> Mr. Algorithm. And please remember, life is hard. Take it easy on yourself. The pot has ended. Don't be. I'll be honest with you. Every time I mess with Phil, I'm like, this has got to be the last time. <laughs> he can't fall for it again. And, he, and it never is. And that's what I love about it. <laughs> so true. Yes, he's a consistent idiot. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.